Welcome to Sin 315. We're here to encourage and equip Christians to engage in the adventure of sharing Jesus with those that God puts into their life. And we're so glad you're here. Hey everybody, welcome back. Kevin, Sarah, and Matt have brought in a guest that I have been pursuing since we started doing this. And he's such a busy guy that is hard to catch up with him. I mean, I've been in the gym with him. I've seen him on a treadmill. He is hard to catch up with. <laughs> but we got him here. And I'm really excited about a man that I absolutely love and respect, a brother, and I just love him. Yeah, so we want to welcome to the show today, Pastor Greg Hendricks. He's a former basketball player in mm -hmm. Europe, mm -hmm. a former basketball coach for the Sonics, mm -hmm. and a husband, a father, mm -hmm. and a good friend of Kevin. So, Greg, welcome to the show. Thanks, Sarah. Appreciate it. Thanks, Kev. Appreciate being here. Super excited to dive in and chit-chat. Yeah, <laughs> me too, man. I, I tell you there's reasons there's specific reasons why we get guests on you absolutely love the lord no doubt about it and number two you really are a person that listens to him and then does what he tells you to do at least the majority of the time at least when i catch up with you I'm try my best when did that all start when, how, how did you give your life to jesus i don't think i've actually heard that part of your life oh man it really started in a low moment in my life to be honest with you i was just playing my last year playing professional basketball and and I was in Ukraine at the time. Uh, it wasn't going as well as I planned. I had just come off a major knee surgery, tore my ACL and took a year off to rehabilitate, which allowed me to coach with the Seattle Sonics. But in that time, I still wanted to play. And so when I did get rehabilitated, I got sent back overseas and this was my last opportunity. And it didn't go quite as well as I planned. And, and you know, it was really tough to deal with it, knowing that this chapter of your life is coming to an end. And, you know, you don't really know what's on the horizon. I think a lot of athletes deal with that of what's next. And for me, made some money, not a whole lot, but I made a little bit, got a chance to see a lot of the world, got a lot of a chance to experience some really amazing things. But I didn't feel fulfilled. You know, I didn't feel like I had purpose. I didn't feel like, you know, like I can transition into something that was like, yeah, I can do this. Initially, I thought it was coaching, but even that just felt like I was really um, on a hamster wheel. And so when I came home, fortunately for me, they did a layoff at my job when I left and they didn't lay me off even while I was gone, which was strange. You know, obviously it was divine. I didn't even know what that word meant at the time. But <laughs> when I got back, I went right back to work and I happened to work overnight. I was a security for a real high end resort up in Washington State. They were brand new, so they're just being built. And so a lot of nights I'm just by myself sitting there guarding a bunch of trees, basically, because <laughs> there's no property out there, you know. And so I called a friend of mine who was on track to become a pastor. He was my only person of reference of God that actually tried to pursue, you know, walking further with God that I knew personally. And so I just started asking him, you know, tell me about that. You know, what does that what does that look like? And he started explaining a little bit and was like, okay. And then he he encouraged me and just said, hey, man, there's a really good pastor here in San Diego. I was in Washington at the time. And he said, you should you should check out one of those messages. And I was like, is it online? You know, I obviously can't come to San Diego tonight. And he was like, yeah, it's online. Check it out. And so I went online and I watched one and then I went online and watched another one. And then by the third one, at the end of these messages, they give the invitation for salvation and receiving Christ. And so I just stood up in the middle of my job and received God in the middle of my job, middle of the night, big bright light came into the room for about maybe 30 to 35 seconds. I cried like I was unwound. 
like someone unwound me from everything in my life just all of the tension all of the anxiousness all of the pain all of the guilt all the shame all the stuff that I carried um, not knowing my dad and growing up in a single mother home and so on and so forth I just felt really unwound and then just really at peace and then the light left the room and I was just sitting right back at my job and you know it's just like oh my goodness what was that and, and it was just like okay well I guess I gave my life to God that's when it all started and was that Pastor Miles McPherson yeah Pastor Miles McPherson first time I ever heard Pastor Miles preach I was going oh, he's okay he does a pretty good job and then he did the altar call and every single person in the place went forward and got saved and I went there is something going on with this man there is some anointing to it and you're working with him now right yeah absolutely you know I'm a pastor at the church and I've learned so much from him I've learned just his steadfastness for God and even when he's made mistakes he's been clear like hey I didn't I haven't got this right however let's keep pursuing the mm -hmm. Lord that I've really taken that to heart I've learned how to share faith share my faith that it's not stale it's not boring it's fresh um, and it's for the person that's just right in front of you it's not for just you know a blanket formula but it's like hey you're intentional with each person probably learned that characteristic and principle from him the most at some point you used the skills that God gave you and you said okay so how do I use this for Jesus can you share a little bit about basketball and Bibles yeah yeah so when I when I gave my life to the Lord I started to find out exactly what God was calling me to do. My initial first assignment was the guy that I played with my last season, he had asked me to come out and coach at his basketball camp. He had a camp that he did every year in Nigeria, Africa. At this time, I've never been to Africa at all. So it was always just a dream of mine just to go to Africa in general. What I told him was, okay, I'll make a deal with you is I'll come, I'll pay for my own ticket, pay my own way as long as I could preach the gospel. And I mind you, I had just got given my life to God. Oh, you know really? what I'm saying? And I, I didn't even, I didn't even know what that really meant i was just like i just want to <laughs> preach the gospel and he was like man you can preach what, what you like he goes as long as you teach the kids basketball i was like okay that's a deal then so i uh reached out to this organization in oregon that received bibles from all over the country i said hey do you have any bibles that you can ship me i'm going to africa and i would like to take some over and they you know they sent me a few and then i said hey i need more and they were like well hey we get so many why don't we just turn your home into a receiving <laughs> hub of, sure. of i was like and you know i was so giddy I was like, yeah, absolutely. I'm getting boxes every other week of all these different Bibles. So I packed uh, two hockey bags. I had one hockey bag full of Bibles and then one hockey bag just full of deflated basketballs. And then I had one carry-on. Flew to Nigeria, went to this camp, and I shared the gospel. But that was also my first time, like, preaching the gospel and the miracles that I saw in like one instance was like, okay, I'm supposed to be doing this. How did that go? Like, so the first time you got up and you're here, you're in Nigeria, out of your element, how were you able to find the strength and the boldness to step into that moment? So initially when I got the call in my heart, obviously to go, I was excited. I already knew how to teach basketball because I had been doing camps at that time. And so I already had a passion for kids and for young people. And then I was on fire for the Lord. So I'm like, okay, I get to share the message as well. Perfect. So I fly to Nigeria and I get in to Nigeria, never been to Africa. This is all new process. They notice I have these two huge bags and the customs pull me aside. Mm -hmm. And so they take me in the back with AK-47s, you know, it's like high security. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm not gonna get out of here. Like I'm scared, I got my passport taped to my body. This is really super awkward. I'm really, really terrified. They're interrogating me. Okay, what are you doing here? I'm here to teach a basketball camp. Hmm, okay. And you know, very smug, stern look on their face, no expression, no smiling, no none of that. And the guy leaves and comes back in. He goes, open the bags. 
And I'm like, oh, man. All right, so I opened the bags full of basketballs, <laughs> hoping he was like, okay, shut it. This is what you're doing. And he said, open that bag. And I go, oh. And then this is, this is, I was like, all right, my mom think I'm going to jail forever. And and so I unzip it and he looks, he says, what are those? I was like, those are Bibles. And he goes, oh, are you a minister? I say, yes, I'm a minister. And I'm going to be ministering to kids at a basketball camp. And he goes, hold on a minute. And he leaves. I said, what did I just give him? I'm like, I'm going to go to jail. This is it. I'm sweating bullets. All these, you know, guys, security's in the room. The, the commander's coming in and out. He comes back in and he goes, so you're going to go minister to these kids for basketball? Yes. He goes, okay. He goes, I'll let you go on one condition. Can all of us in this room have a Bible? <laughs> and I go, absolutely. You know, and I get like super like confident. That's when I kicked into evangelistic mode. Can I pray for you? He was like, yes, please, sir. Please, minister, please. So I prayed over the whole group in the interrogation room. At that point, man, I was full of faith, full of just confidence. Like if I'm going to go down, I'm going to go down really swinging for the gospel. And then when I got to the camp, I was just so full of faith. From that moment, we were doing it in a pretty hot style area and I was like if that happened then God can open up even greater doors the thing for me that's so cool is when you have said yes to the Lord the Lord time and time and time again has responded that way you're one of the men that provokes me to intentionally go after the things of God it's just like a battery charge for me one of them that stuck with me I think it was your anniversary and you took your wife to a concert yeah so we were uh, slated to go to a big music festival here in San Diego Diego, Kabu, the tickets are like crazy, crazy expensive. And so a really good friend of mine, an amazing woman of God, her husband's an amazing man of God. It was our anniversary and I called her and I said, hey, Lenny Kravitz, which is, it's actually her brother, is in town. You know, would you come with the, or can we go to concert? And she was like, nah, you know, I don't know. And you know, I'm just kind of busy, blah, blah, blah. I was like, oh, okay, no problem. And so um, day of concert, get a call, a text, like, hey, do you want to go to the concert? Meet me down there. So we go there. <laughs> My wife doesn't know anything that's going on at the time. And I say, hey, well, I got tickets to go to the concert. Let's go to the concert. And she's like, awesome. And so we, we show up. They give us the wristband. We we walk in and I was like, hey, what does this wristband do? And they're like, oh, yeah, that wristband goes over there. You know, and they just kept pointing us over there, over there, over there. Long story short, we end up backstage. We're backstage. There's Aerosmith walking by, this artist walking by, this artist walking by, Lenny Kravitz's sister comes in she's a really good friend hey babe she calls me babe hey babe how you doing how's everything you know she's there with her husband good to see you glad you're here and come on let's go up here so we we walk up on stage of the concert it was just a sea of people and we're standing there my wife is like oh my gosh like what are we doing here and i'm like what are we doing here you know and so we pray before the concert like we're just a little circle my wife lenny's sister her husband we're just praying and we get done praying and then we turn around and steven tyler is standing right behind us. Lenny Kravis is standing right behind us and they're talking. My wife like flinches. <laughs> and so he comes over, hey, nice to meet you. And da da da. Good now, you know, you stay for the show. Love to love to hang out, whatever. And he goes on stage and does his thing. And you know, he prays and it was amazing. So anyway, we get done. The concert's over. He gets off. And me, my wife, and Lenny's sister's husband is standing out. And people are walking by and we're ministering to them. We're praying for these people. We're praying for the people that are walking by. We're praying for the, the driver and the cook and this person and that person and so then the, the door flips open Greg come on in here come on in here Lisa come on in here and so we go in a trailer now we're in a trailer 
with Lenny and we're talking and I end up giving him a prophetic word and he's like man that makes a lot of sense thank you man I really appreciate that that's that's like spot on you could tell it touched him and then we pray for him he was like hey please stay in contact thank you for coming to the show and we walked out of the trailer and me and my wife were like what in the world just <laughs> happened we just prayed prophesied over Lenny Kravitz you yeah. know <laughs> and that is what you were doing <laughs> see because the Lord created this good work beforehand and he created Greg Hendricks who said yes and you got a good concert thrown into the mix we're all created with an area of influence I am in this area of influence yeah. and I need to operate in it and the Lord will back me up mm -hmm. the Nigerians are gonna want Bibles instead of basketballs yeah this is a power encounter the Holy Spirit wants to back you up and equip you and testify to the gospel I loved what you said just when you were first sharing and I think it plays into those stories that you told which are so good and so awesome awesome. But you talked about how you've learned the gospel is for the person right in front of you. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that plays into these stories where you were in these situations, you thought you were doing one thing, and the Lord had this opportunity that turned into something else. I'd love for you to just unpack that a little bit and the practical side of how you keep your mind and your heart in that position. So when that opportunity does come, you know how to step into it. Yeah, I would think the greatest starting point for any type of encounter for someone on the other end to have an encounter with God through your life is be present with them. Don't look around them. Don't talk through them. Don't talk past them. Don't talk above them. Don't talk beneath them, but just be present with them. I think if you can really grip and grasp the concept of being present with someone, seeing them, hearing their heart, I always say the greatest leaders are the deepest listeners. If you're a really good listener, you listen with intention and you come with what I call a deposit mindset as, as opposed to a withdrawal mindset, like I'm there to deposit the kingdom of God into you, whether it's through listening, whether it's through a smile, whether through it's asking great questions while I'm speaking to you or engaging with you. These are all ways that God starts to really position your heart so you can really give them what they need in that moment. And it may not be something crazy profound or crazy spiritual. It may be something that's very encouraging at that moment. Or it could be the latter. It could be something that is just a really profound movement of God, a, an exemplifying time where they see the gift model, whether it's a word of wisdom, a prophetic gift, a prophetic word, or whatever the case may be, a discerning word about discernment where they're at in their life. But I always found like the starting point for that is love and being present for that person, having a heart fixated on that. One of the things was about that Nigerian trip was when I get, went to give out these Bibles to these kids, there was probably like six to 700 kids. My little hockey bag didn't have six to 700 Bibles in there. You know, I couldn't afford that. I felt honored to give them away, but I felt kind of bad too, because not everyone was going to get one. So I said, okay, if you guys want a Bible, anybody want a Bible in this camp, line up. And I was looking in the bag and I'm like, man, there's not enough. And I was like, well, even if it's going to cost me a ton of money, I'm going to make sure I send it when I get home. And so they all lined up, all the kids in the camp, all of them, they all lined up. So the line is like wrapped around the property where we're doing this camp. And I'm like, oh, Lord. And so we start handing out the Bibles, hand them out, hand them out, hand them out. The line starts getting lower and I'm looking in my bag and I'm like, man, what's up with the, the Bibles? There's still enough Bibles in and handing them out, handing them out, handing them out. The line's getting shorter, shorter. And I'm looking in my bag. And I'm like, I still have Bibles left over, handing them out hand them out, come to the last person, 
hand that person a Bible. And I look at my bag and I have like a bunch of leftover Bibles. <laughs> I was like, there's absolutely no way. That was the second miracle that just gave me more faith. But I think the main part about that is my heart was present to like, even if it ran out, I'm going to send it to these children so they, they would go, you know, without. And so to answer your question, to tie a bow on it, I would say being present, being um, in love with the moment, don't speed past it. And even if it's not something super profound or supernatural, if it's just very intentional, that's enough as well, too. I think it's so beautiful how in you being present there, like God just backed you up and then you had basically yeah. the loaves and the fishes that's amazing could you talk about because i think being present it's something that i hear a lot something i'm working on personally what are your like secret tips to doing that because it's a very inward thing and i've noticed about myself as i've been wanting to grow in that is that I don't even always realize when I'm not being present because I'm so off into something else, kind of present, kind of not. Could you talk about how you've developed that skill and grown that with the Lord? Yeah, first off, as admittingly, I, I sometimes struggle with names, but what I've been doing is uh, I'll say their name repeatedly. Sarah, so how's things going? So Sarah, tell me about your life. Sarah, what makes you come alive? Tell me what makes you come alive, Sarah. Well, Sarah, you know, you know and I'll just say the name over and over and over. So it's just getting embedded in my heart, but I'll ask those questions. One of the questions, like I said, is, Sarah, what makes you, what makes you come alive? And they're like, what do you mean by that? Well, what makes your heart leap? What are you passionate about? If you could do anything, money's extracted out of it, like what would be your dream? Oftentimes you find a lot of people don't know what that is. You know, they're just kind of going day to day, trying to survive. And oftentimes in that moment, being present with them, you actually give them liberty to dream for that time that they're encountering with you. And that's what God would do with us. God would give you the liberty to dream that your life can be free, it can be healed, it has destiny, it has purpose, he has plans for your life, plans to prosper you, not to destroy you, so on and so forth. And so I'll ask questions pertaining with the principle of the scripture in mind, like, hey, what makes you come alive? If they have family, tell me about your family. Man, I have kids, but do you have kids? Yeah. I mean, I don't like when my, my, my son does this, like drives me crazy. I make it inviting because my whole purpose is not to, I don't want anything from you because God's taking care of me. I want to deposit something in you that you walk away be like, man, that was refreshing. Because in our society now, it's it's really a withdrawal. I'm going to get ahead. I'm going to build. I'm going to be, you know, a, a personality. I'm going to be this type of leader. But if you come with a deposit, like, I'm going to deposit this in you. It's almost foreign to the person on the other end. Sure is. And they're like, man, that was different. That was refreshing. The kingdom of God should be that. You know, we should be depositing the the principles and the values of Jesus and the core his heart into the people that we encounter and you can do that by reading scripture but you can probably more powerfully do that by just being present listening asking great questions engaging with them asking about their life what's your fears like what are your what's your biggest fear you know especially i like to ask that question with big time business leaders i know you i know you're a man of focus and vision but like what is as a leader tell me some of your greatest fears sometimes they'll be open and be like i don't really got no fears i you know okay what's your apprehensions well sometimes i'm apprehensive to do xyz and then i'll ask deeper question like where do you think that comes from it gets them thinking a little bit and these are all things that jogs the heart those are heart questions not just head questions and so those are some ways that i like to stay present and be present with the person that's right in front of me to give them the Lord. You know, we hung out and had a great lunch a short while ago, and then it ended up in a, I think, a God encounter with a friend of mine that I knew had a business down the street. 
And Greg has conversations that people don't normally have because I love the way you said these are heart questions, not head questions. And people are busy, busy, busy and, and tend to be shallower. But when you get right down to the heart, then people can open up, especially when you're disarming like you are. The second part of it is that God breathes on it. Mm-hmm. This is anointed. This is supernatural. God did create these opportunities and everybody gets them because we're his workmanship, every single one of us. Mm-hmm. And then when you say yes, to it, it ends up in that adventure. These are adventure stories. You don't know where it's going to end up at all. Oh, yeah. Basketball and Bibles ended up to some degree with you with the ministry of giving uh, foreign athletes opportunities at big deal colleges over here, Absolutely. and you're mentoring them and have relationships with them and all of that. You don't know when you say yes to God how insanely wonderful it is going to be. It makes me hungry for more. Yeah. It makes me want to be intentional. It makes me want to wake up with that mindset. It's just so so good and i think the other thing too i remember me and my wife were at this restaurant and there was a a waitress there she was working so hard and just you know giving her best i just picked that up and i just said kept saying thank you appreciate you you could tell she was fairly new and i remember just sitting there and she walked past me put the food down and i just saw like a music note it was like if someone were to strike a chord on a thing i was like oh that's cool she walked away came back and i said hey and this is how i usually if there's some Something that I feel like the Lord, this is how I usually approach somebody. I say, I feel like the Lord is speaking to my heart about you. I don't know if you believe in God or where you're even at with God, but sometimes God speaks to my heart about people and he happens to be speaking to me about you. Do you you mind if I share this with you? And 99.9% of the time, they're always like, yes, please. Or they'll say, yeah, that's cool. You know, even if they're not believers or followers of God. And so she goes, yeah, that's cool. And I go, hey, I feel like God is telling me to tell you, don't put your pen down because your art means something and it's actually going to change a lot of lives and you need to continue with your writing and with your music. And she like froze <laughs> and just started weeping, weeping. She's just shaking now. She's shaking and tears are streaming down her face. And she goes, how do you know that? And I go, well, I serve a God of love and he loves you really deeply, whether you know it or not. And she goes, oh, my God. She goes, OK, well, let me. And she just she just walks away and she goes and gets herself together. She comes back and you could tell she's been crying. Her face is really flushed. And she comes back and she goes, that was the most powerful thing that's something someone's ever said to me about God. And I do write. I'm a poet. I write music. I write plays. And I was about to just throw it all away. And I was asking if there's some creator or energy in the in the universe that's real that you would show up because I'm done with this. And this happened. And I mean, my, my <laughs> me and my wife were just like, wow, you know, like it was cool. And here's the other part about that is that my wife, I wouldn't say necessarily uh, moves profoundly in that, but it was a witness to her to really go after God when God speaks to your heart. And that girl was just so edified and so encouraged. And that's the whole purpose is that they have an encounter with the Lord. Some of the people that are listening, they have some fear. They they haven't had an experience like that. But it really, for me, this fear that they have of just even sharing their faith or saying anything like that, when you get to see that God loves that person so much that he would give you a word about their heart and their life, that love, perfect love, that mature love casts out fear. You operate in this, you take a step in this, and even if you mess it up, you're going to see examples of how much God loves. And that's the thing that compels us to share Jesus with others, mm-hmm. is His love for them and His love for us. 
And, and, you know, there, there's going to be times where, you know, you step out in faith and it doesn't go quite like that, but you dust yourself off. If you offend someone, being man enough or woman enough, say, hey, I'm sorry, you know, I'm just really trying to hear God's heart for people in certain situations. Forgive me. I'm learning. Thank you for your grace and thank you for your honesty. And you keep moving forward. Doesn't mean that, it, you know, it's the end all be all. You, you cannot be afraid to take, quote unquote, risk, but to just step out because the whole purpose is not for you to be a success the whole purpose is for you to hear God for the person that's the whole purpose and if you're hearing God on behalf of people and you're really trying to dial in his voice in your life and in your journey that alone is success even if it's nothing crazy profound it could be something very simple but the fact of the matter is, is that you're going after his heart and your growth and your journey for the Lord so I think that's what the big success is could you talk about your process in that journey of learning to hear God and recognize okay I'm seeing this picture this music note how did you learn to recognize okay this is God speaking speaking to me to somebody how that really started for me again my, the whole purpose was not to be like a super hyper spiritual christian the whole purpose was i just want to be close to god's heart to love him and love people and you know it's funny is because before i found the lord i was the opposite like i was a recluse i wouldn't talk to people i wouldn't you know you never see me out either you either see me at the gym working out or you see me walking home from the gym working out that was it like you wouldn't see me any other place and once i gave my life to god and I started to really unwind some of the stuff that I inherited in my mind as backwards is like be recluse, be closed, be to yourself, get ahead, you, you, you. And then I turned it into him, 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 which in turn opened it up to them, them, them. Then I started to see what it looked like to really love God. And so my process started as, okay, just share God's heart, start from there. Secondly, hearing God's voice. The other part about that was, okay, is it going to glorify the Lord or is it going to glorify you? Are you trying to give someone a word so that they pat you on the back and make you feel good? Or are you trying to give them some type of insight that it would glorify God in, in your life and glorif God, glorify God to their life? That was the second measurable. And then I think the third measurable to really hear in God's voice is really dialing in what love sounds like to you. It could be a picture. Some of us are visual. Some of us are auditory and just really dialing that in, taking little steps and acts of faith. Hey, I'm, I feel like the Lord is putting this on my heart and, and I want to share this with you. If you believe in God, if you even know God, how you deliver it is a big deal. You know, it's like if you go to a restaurant, the waiter's not going to come with your food and slam it on the table right in front of you. <laughs> it's going to come. Okay, here's your meal. They're going to, they should present it nicely. Presentation. Do you need anything else? There's a way to present God's heart to somebody without it being overt, shoved down your throat, but very welcoming. And more importantly, an invitation. You want to give them an invitation. Jesus was invitation. He would give these things as an invite, like, hey, if you do this, this is going to change your life for the better. So I think that's the way I've kind of like, if you recall it a process, I've kind of started to dial that in. And it's an ongoing thing to the day the Lord calls me home. I've never arrived. And I pray I never arrive. I always try to keep very childlike. You talk to your friends like, man, that's just your life. And, you know, you share these things. And I'm not surprised. And I always say, I am, you know, like, I'm surprised. Like, I really am. I'm surprised because you want to keep that awe and wonder before the Lord really be submitted like man God you're that good that you would still be speaking to me and what happened
happens is, is he unlocks these different ways on how he would talk to you. Maybe it's a picture, maybe it's a word, maybe brings to mind like your sister or family member. That can be something really dialing in like that. I think has really been helpful for me. I think that's profound and it's really executable. Do it. <laughs> you know, go get messy, especially what you said. It's not about you. It's not about your success and being, you know, the oracle of God to everybody and mm -hmm. fame and glory and all that. It's watching your heart and spending time with them and listening to mm -hmm. them. And help others to hear the same. You're not the end all be all. Don't be the person who come to me because I hear from God. It should be, okay, I hear from God, but now let me help you hear from God too. How does God speak to you? Well, you know, I've never really thought about that. Okay, let's talk about that. I get a lot of dreams. Oh, okay. So let's talk about the dream life and what dream life looks like. The whole purpose, again, is like you said, you're not just the oracle of God. You know, the Holy Spirit is within all of us when we receive Christ as Lord and Savior. You have access to that same voice just like I have access to that voice. I've been studying for the last couple of months. We have a freedom conference at church and I get the opportunity to share on hearing God. And once again, like you said, I have not arrived at being the ultimate God hearer. Mm -hmm. But when you start from the point that he wants relationship with you, mm -hmm. that's what he created you for. He says, my sheep know my voice. Mm -hmm. He wants you to hear his voice. Yeah. The hard part is to tune your hearing to his voice. And the very best way to do that is as much as you understand and as much as you hear, do it. Walk in it. Try it. His voice gets clearer and you get an understanding of how he, he talks to you. Like you said, it's different for different people. Yeah, and I would say to tune your ear to his voice is to tune your life to his heart. Probably be the best way to hear him clearly. How does he feel about people? How does he feel about someone that made a ton of mistakes? How does he feel about the person that don't really know him and that has been very angry at him for a long time? Are you willing to have that conversation of why? Are you willing to have a tough conversation? For example, my wife right now, she's up in Washington. Her friend passed away from COVID. Her friend somewhat believed in God. I don't know if she received the Lord, but the family's very angry at God and they want me to say something regards to the celebration of life. So yeah, I was like, yeah, I'm absolutely do it. But how do you do that with care so that you don't push somebody away, but that you invite them in? There's healing there. There's hope for you, even if you're hurt right now. I would say in order for you to do that, you have to really posture your life towards God's heart in order to hear God's voice. Because people will hear your heart, even if they don't agree with you, you get it lined up with Jesus, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. and then they're hearing the heart of God for them. Absolutely. I think a lot of people struggle to really know God's heart for themselves. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes the issue of sharing it with others to a person who struggles with that, who struggles with really accepting the mercy and grace mm -hmm. of Jesus that is truly given to them. What do you say to them, encouragement? and I'm actually writing a book about this right now. I always felt like I never had language for that when you feel like I'm unrepairable. I'm struggling with a lot of pain. Personally, I, I came from a uh, single mother home. I don't know my dad till this day. And so statistically, as a young minority male, statistics for you to have some type of success in your life is very low, considering that you didn't have it in your home, wasn't modeled towards you. And so what I would tell someone is first, start to take an assessment of some things in your life that may be preventing you from stepping into peace. I think peace is not the absence of something, it's the presence of someone. 
Meaning that when you have peace, it's not like I'm going to go to Hawaii and I got peace. Hawaii is peaceful, but the Lord is way more peaceful. I'd rather have peace in the middle of a storm with the Lord and peace in the middle of my disgruntledness, peace in the middle of my anger, peace in the middle of my despair because I have the Lord with me than trying to fill it with something else like going here, going there, doing this, doing that. For me, it's really predicated around analysis, analyzing your life. Where are the pressure points? Where are the pain points? why you feel that way. As I was writing this book, I, I was finding that there was a lot of childhood trauma that I still had that I didn't even know was there. And so just, you know, declaring freedom over that, maybe um, having a freedom session or some type of counseling session where it gives you a chance to express that anger and dealing with it and then bringing it out in the open. I tell this to people all the time. You really want to be free. Don't keep stuff in the dark because that's where the enemy attacks. So if there's something that you're holding on to, something that you're angry about, something that you feel is unrepairable or you're struggling with, you need to bring it out in the life in a healthy way and allow the Lord to start working in that space. It doesn't mean that you get healed from it overnight, maybe, but most of the time, no, there's a process there. If you walk through that process, you become more enlightened and have more revelation of the goodness of God and how to come out of that valley. So when someone comes to Sarah and says, hey, I'm struggling with what you struggle with. Let me give you the process because they can identify with the process, being impatient, you know, being sad, being depressed, bumping their head, doing good and falling off. They can identify with the process. The promise is, looks different to them. Their promise may not be your promise, but they will identify with the process. The process is the most impartable piece, but it has to start with you taking a, a real honest assessment and being willing to walk through it. We've heard barely the tip of the iceberg of my good friend. Any closing thing, Greg, that you want about sharing their faith, sharing the love of Jesus with others. I would encourage you, don't get frustrated if you don't see the progression in someone receiving what you're saying. But more importantly, just be patient, be intentional, have a deposit mindset over a withdrawal mindset. You're there to deposit the kingdom of God and be patient in that process. Desire the process as much as the promise. You know, I know the promise you want for someone's life is for them to be healed and delivered and receive Jesus and to receive. But at the same token, enjoy the process. Learn more about people. Listen very intently, be a deep listener. And then when you do share, share it with tenderness, care, love, honesty, authenticity. They don't want phony. They don't want plastic. They want presence. Any listener who's listening to this is you don't have to be a pro at this. You will never be a pro at this. You will always be learning to the day the Lord calls you home. So be okay with that. Have joy in that and just have reverence for God in your service unto him. Lastly, reflect through your life as well as through your words. Greg, are you on social media? Yeah. On Facebook, this is Greg Hendricks. On Instagram, it's at Hendricks Greg, H-E-N-D-R-I-C-K-S, Greg, G-R-E-G. And then you can find me at the Rock Church website. I'm on the Rock Church website. I have some stuff online, some different podcasts that I did. You can Google that. But admittedly, I'm not on social media quite a bit. Tend to stay off, and that's intentional for me. I tend to get more done when I'm anonymous as opposed to when I'm public. You're getting things done. And yeah. Sarah will put your cell phone number in the show oh, cool. notes awesome. and everything. Awesome. So Text me if you need me. And Text me. And your, address, your address so people can stop by. There we go. Well, thank you so much for coming, Greg. It's been just great time and hearing your wisdom and your humility as well. And I think for our listeners, go back, listen to this episode again. Hit pause when you need yeah. to, when something hits, and be present with whatever the Lord's speaking to you through that. And all of you remember that you just spent some time with a man who understands that he is truly sent just like you.